Welcome to the Media Navigators podcast, brought to you by the World Media Group. And my name is Belinda Barker and I'm the Chief Executive. Today we're going to be talking about changing careers. The media and advertising industries have always been incredibly dynamic, but change has never been so rapid. Many of us may be thinking about how we want to change our careers. So today we're going to be talking to one of the titans of our industry, who has not only changed career paths very successfully, but been an entrepreneur um, throughout his career. Today, our co-host is Alex Delamain, who's the global client partner for The Economist and president of the World Media Group. Thank you very much, Belinda, and good morning. Um, I feel very honoured to be here today to introduce our next guest, who is very much the titan of our industry, who's going to bring to life the journey that he's been on through his career and what made him make the decision to go alone. Um, So I have great pleasure in introducing Ian Jacob. Many of you whom will know from his CEO CEO role at Starcom and lastly, Publicis Media. Um, So good morning, Ian, and welcome. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Belinda. I hope you're uh, both well. Thank you for inviting me along to the conversation. It's a great privilege to be here. Well, thank you very much for joining us and thank you for making the time because I can see from everything that you're doing at the moment, you're extraordinarily busy. You're probably busier now than you were when you were in a more corporate role. How do you find how are you finding it juggling working from home during COVID? Uh, well, I, I certainly, when I changed um, changed my role to a more plural approach, I did feel I might have a bit more flexibility on my time, which didn't turn out quite to be that way. Uh, so I'm busy, yeah, but I'm but I'm loving it. So uh, yeah, thank you. It's 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 going well. Fabulous. Now I know many people actually who have sort of. And gone it alone um, or decided to take the plural route and in my experience of my conversations with them is they talk and think about doing it a lot um, because it seems such a bold move um, but then when they do do it they wish they'd done it years before so my question to you would be what was the tipping point to decide that this was the time to do it and did you have that same feeling that gosh I wish I'd done it earlier? No, I, I really relate to uh, what other people have told you because um, I do recognize, absolutely recognise that. Um, I'm not sure there was ever a tipping point. I, I loved, um, really loved working for publicists. Um, I had great fun, and particularly towards the last two years of working at publicists, uh, where we were putting together and I was leading the publicist media integration, which is basically bringing together two really big businesses in Zenith Optimedia and Starcom MediaVest and creating a new company. Um, and that was great fun. Um, the downside to having done that is once you've done that, you kind of go, well, where do I go next? Um, and in a funny sort of way, I felt I'd done everything I could do for the group. I, I, I couldn't quite see what the next piece was that was going to be as exciting as the last piece. And that's really what set me set me thinking about the whole the whole piece. And I really felt that... I was ready for a new challenge having done that. I felt equipped for a new challenge and I got myself into mentally, as you say, into the, into the space where I, I felt positive energy around going into, into creating some change around myself. And were, were you having conversations with other people that were stimulating that idea? Because you, I presume you must have had thoughts running in parallel to the latter sort of month. Absolutely. 
at Publicis, having done this amazing, creating this amazing new um, offering, you must have at some point started to think somewhere, you know, else about what you might do. Um, and and who, who helped you in, in creating those ideas and those thoughts? Absolutely. Well, I mean, you said earlier, Alex, you said, what's it like going alone, going it alone, I think was the phrase you used. And uh, I've never felt that I've been going it alone um, because of those conversations. Um, because I think going it alone would, sounds terribly lonely. Sounds slightly depressing, in fact. Um, and I never felt that at all. Um, really, I had conversations with so many people. Um, and although this sounds a little bit like a cliche, um, everybody was really generous with their time. They were genuinely generous with their time because I think everybody had been thinking, everybody's thinking, especially these days, about where to next? Where's my career? Where's my life going? How do I get the work-life balance? I think everybody has got those thoughts at the very you know, height, height, height of their, of their thinking. Um, so I spoke to a lot of people. Some of it's a little bit more formal than, than others. I actually ended up, uh, I actually I don't think I've told many people this, I ended up employing my own coach. Um, I didn't do it via the company. I, I personally paid for a coach and she was really helpful. Um, she didn't understand the media world and that was a good thing. Um, so she made me think properly, realistically, outside of the bubble. So that was enormously helpful. Um, and then I spoke to a range of entrepreneurs, um, people that have done a similar thing. Uh, and, and the more I spoke, the more inspired I got, actually, the more I could see that it was a possibility. So it, it sounds like you did, in fact, have a, a, a quite a clear vision of, of what you wanted to do post-publicist. -pub but has that vision changed at all? Um, and... and what have you liked most and least about being out, out in the world, as it were? Do you know what, Belinda? I, I, I never felt, in fact, I never helped, felt I've had a, a clear vision, really, in the way you describe it. Um, I knew that I wanted to change um, and change direction. And I knew the things that I did know was that I wanted to be true to myself um, that I wanted to be learning, uh, and I wanted to be enjoying life. I didn't want, I knew what I didn't want. I didn't want to be going on a repeat cycle. It's very easy when you have been in a corporate role for a while just to rinse and repeat every year, set the budgets, do the stuff you have to do, win some business. Um, and that's all good, but after a while it can become repetitive. Um, so I knew I didn't want to do that. So it was less about um, me, me knowing, having the vision. It was more about me opening up the possibilities, really, and, and saying I was willing to and wanted to be open-minded about what could happen. I knew that I wanted to do a multiple number of things, I guess. So I guess that's about as clear as the vision, vision got. You know, when I, I deal with a lot of, as you know, a lot of uh, early stage and startup companies, and... Um, Often, when you're an entrepreneur, you obviously go in with a vision as to what you want to achieve. Um, but often, you have to be flexible um, and ready to change that. And actually, what, you know, what I look for in a, in a company, indeed, is the ability of the management to be flexible, not to be stuck rigidly to one, one vision. So I didn't really have that vision. What I enjoyed the, the most was really the, the conversations 
And I think when, I, when you leave the corporate world, it does give you some freedom to be um, possibly a bit more, um, I don't mean this in the wrong way, but possibly to be a bit more authentic or a bit more open in the way you're having conversations with people because you're not having to peddle one point of view. Uh, about about the world so you, you have that freedom and I really enjoy those conversations because of that freedom and people are very honest with me as well both good for good and for bad so did it happen um organically finding the the the, the new business or or did that come from the conversations you've been previously happening yeah it was it, it, it's a great question it was it was well I felt it was serendipity I kind of bumped into opportunities that, that came up. You know, you, you, there are th in, obviously there are things you can control and, and things you can't control. What you can't control is when an opt opportunity is going to emerge. It is either going to emerge or it's not going to emerge. What you can control is being open to talking to people and, 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 and your approach to potential opportunities. And so it felt very serendipitous. It felt like opportunities were just popping up. Um, and that surprised me a, a little bit because when you do change direction, you naturally would, would be inhuman not to have fears. Oh, goodness me, what happens if, what happens if the phone never rings? Or what, <laughs> um, and they're legitimate concerns. But in, in reality, um, more, more opportunities um, became apparent over time. Not all of them right. Um, not all of them was I capable of doing, honestly. You know, some, I had some conversations where I felt, I'm not sure I could do that or want to do that. Um, but it, it felt serendipitous. So if I'd had a plan, I mean, my, my main plan was actually how I was going to network. That was where my plan sat, really. Who, who did I want to speak to? How could I open up those conversations? Um, and so on and so forth. So that's, that's, that was really... The basis of, of my of my direction. That's interesting what you're saying about the companies that you choose to work with and there's an element of you know I'm not going to work with them because I don't think I'm the right fit or I don't have the right skill set but you know being an entrepreneur and being your own boss you know you're not under the guise of a corporation so you do have much you have the choice that you didn't have before to work with people in whatever way you choose and you've been very lucky that serendipity has played its part in these amazing opportunities have presented themselves because you're working with that nine different businesses at the moment it's phenomenal but you know one is it hard to say no if there is a company that maybe really needs your help and you could help them you've got all the right skill set but it's just not an you know a sort of company you want to work with would be one question and two what does the future look like to make sure that pipeline of opportunity continues are you hoping that this you know the right thing will appear at the right time or do you have a plan about the direction you want to specifically go in and, and build certain skill sets and expertise in a certain area as you are doing currently well, the one thing I did say, Alex, when I set out was that I was going to stick to my domain of expertise. Um, you do get people that go down a non-exec director type route who say, well, I, I can be a non-exec director of any type of company because I'm going to bring my skill sets that are just commercial skill sets, maybe, or people skill sets to that organization and they can be applied whatever that organization does. That wasn't the approach I took. I wanted to operate in my domain, which is, you know, digital data, media content, and all of that sort of stuff, because um, I love it. 
Um, I mean, I, I've, I've just find media and everything associated with it endlessly fascinating. I never, never get bored, never get bored in that space. Um, the second thing is, I think it's actually as much about companies choosing me or you or the person as opposed to the person just choosing the company. Because if there's anything that your involvement really puts a focus on is because you're putting in a relatively smaller amount of time compared to a full-time corporate role, every, every minute kind of counts, which is a good discipline and it's a quite a tough discipline because you've got to know how you're going to add value to that company and then you have to understand how that the people running that business are going to add value to you because that then it's going to be a successful relationship. And if either of those things feels wrong, then I would tend to shy away from it. Um, you know, I have approached uh, organisations or been approached by organisations and felt I really wanted to do it and, and been rejected. And of course, that, that, you know, that happens to all of us all the time, doesn't it? Um, and that's just the way of the world. Uh, but, but I think getting the match is really important, the, the match of do you believe in the man management of the company? Do you believe in what they're doing? Uh, and can you add value? I mean, yes or no. And if you can't be clear on that, then you shouldn't really be choosing to work with them. And have you made any mistakes that you're willing to admit <laughs> Never. to? <laughs> um, oh my goodness! How, how long is this? Uh, how, how long is this? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, have I made mistakes? All the all the time. One of the um, one of the things I would have done slightly differently um, when I was working with publicists, um, I was so focused on publicists, which of course you you'd hope, I guess. Um, but I was so in the bubble, is the honest truth, um, that I, I viewed everything through the publicist bubble lens. You know, when publicists said it, it must be right. And of course, it's only a point of view, and it might not necessarily be the only point of view in the, in the marketplace. And I wish I had taken a little bit more time, maybe, to diversify my point of view by maybe having a non-exec or an advisory role while working in the corporation. And, and what I find is that most enlightened management and leaders recognise that that's also valuable to them. So, you know, if, if I'm running a board and somebody said to me, Ian, I want to do this third-party thing, uh, I want to be an advisor, say, for a startup company, I would absolutely in, endorse that because it makes the person a better person it could, because they're broad, broadening out their view on the world. Because I don't think living in a... Publicist bubble is very helpful to publicists, to be fair, and it's certainly not helpful to the, the individual. So I would have maybe stepped into that world a bit more gently um, than the way I did. Um, and and that, that was a big learning. And I'd really recommend everybody to think about, you know, what are their, you know, what are their, what are their side hacks, if you will, you know, what are their side hustles? Uh, that they're doing and how can they build that because I think it's valuable on so, on so many levels. So uh, on the other side of it, um, so the, the, we've been talking about how to, as an individual, to, to change your role, but obviously also you are, are looking at businesses um, as a potential investor. 
Um, so if, if we've got any kind of budding entrepreneurs out there listening to this, um, have you got any top tips for them how they should be pitching for um, investment? Well, that's a, that's a big area, Belinda. And I, I think... Um, I think the decision to um, start up a business um, is uh, obviously an, an enormous decision and it's never a, it's very rarely kind of a perfect decision. Um, and what I've noticed at least is the people that are the most successful in that world are those people that are quite robust. I mean, they're relentless, they're energetic, they're hard driving typically, but they're quite robust, so they can take setbacks really well. Uh, and you know what? In media, generally, I find that people are pretty good at that. They're optimistic, generally, I would say. People, they're often, I mean, you can be introvert or extrovert and work in media very well, I think. But they're positive people, and that's part of why I think it's such an enjoyable industry to, to, to be in. And they're quite robust people often. Um, but you need to be ready to say, can I take rejection? Because there's going to be plenty of it. I mean, when I first set up, set up co-founded Motive Communications years ago, which was a, a kind of media, strategic media hot shop, I guess you describe it, how we wrote the story of success after was not really quite how it happened. So we wrote the story of success afterwards, which was all about we were strategic, creative, bringing interesting stuff to a boring world of media buying. And that's kind of how we wrote it, which was obviously a competitive point of view rather than reality because, you know, media buying wasn't boring and, and uh, you know, we weren't completely special. But the reason why we actually set up Motor Communications was because we were the media department of BBH and we were going out of business. I mean, that's what happened. You know, we were going out of business because business kept pitching, people kept going to media buying specialists, media planning and buying specialists, and we were losing out. So, we, so the reality of the story was we took some decisions to be entrepreneurial in a tough environment. And that's often, that's, you know, the truth is different often from the narrative that you hear after the event. Um, and, and, and I think once you understand that, it's very reassuring, you know, for an entrepreneur. You, you haven't been knocked back because somebody doesn't like you or because you're no good or you've been knocked back because that opportunity didn't happen to get through to fruition and you just need to try again and maybe adjust your positioning and, and try again. Well, finally, I have one question because I think this is going to be pertinent to everybody. Obviously, this industry has um, been impacted quite dramatically by COVID. Um, there's been a lot of changes forced upon us, some of which is good because it's created innovation. But I think we all agree that the next six months there's a huge amount of uncertainty and probably challenges lying ahead. Um, what advice would you give somebody who's just starting out in, as in their career in media at the moment. Um, working from home remotely comes with its challenges when you're not able to sort of meet with your cohort at work, et cetera. So with your ex long experience of working on agency sides, what, what, what advice would you give somebody just starting out now? Gosh, it's tough. So my son is 20. <laughs> so he's pretty much uh, in the position you describe, Alex. And, um, uh, you know, there's never been a time to my mind, where people haven't said the next six months in media is going to be really challenging. <laughs> I mean, can, can you remember the time? You know, the, it's, it's the kind of nature of the beast, isn't it? Uh, so true. Uh, you know, it's all changed. Well, well yes. <laughs> and if you like that, then get stuck in. 
Um, I have the, my biggest, uh, not biggest concern, maybe the wrong word, but I do feel that the, the cultural connection of, you know, the younger end of the workforce is so difficult at, at the moment. You know, I, I read stuff about people saying that working from home is great because of this, this and this. Um, and it's often said by the people that have, kind of have a garden, have a family, have a pet dog. Well, there are a lot of people that don't have any of that stuff. Uh, and they were coming out, you know, they're working through the earlier, maybe the earlier stages of their career. Maybe not, maybe they're... But I think that cultural connection is such an, an important point. So that's, I think if I was uh, running a company, I'd be really conscious of that. And, and I, know, I know most bosses are, uh, but figuring out how I'm going to keep that cultural connection for that younger end of the workforce, because I think that, that's crucial. But I don't think, I think um, certainty is, 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 not, is not in anybody's gift. I mean, things are always changing, and I think media is the most exciting because of that change. It's also tough because of that, really tough because of that. Um, but, I, you know, if I were starting out, I'd encourage people to, to, to get stuck in, to create a, a network, to start to talk to multiple people, to be open-minded. And when I, when I talk to... Um, people coming into the business, I, I feel there's a great energy. I, I think, the, I think the, the opportunities are so much broader than just working for one of the big holding companies. You know, there are, there's a massive opportunity out there um, from different companies, and you, you've just got to go in, again, open-minded to develop different conversations. So, so I would encourage people to come in because I think it's no less or, 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 or more risky than any, anything else in life, to be honest with you. I think that your point about networking is really important. It's harder to do from home, but, you know, relationships and the people that you know in the industry are so important and, and that's played out perfectly in, in enabling you to be the entrepreneur you are today because your connections and your relationships that are coming to fruition in a different way outside of your corporate life. So the sooner you start networking, the better. <laughs> no, absolutely. And by the way, I, I think I, I work with entrepreneurs rather than being an entrepreneur. I mean, I've set up my own company in the past, but... Um, I've got the nothing but admiration for somebody who decides to set, set up on their own because I know what it's like. Uh, and, you know, what I love is trying to give those businesses support. You know, and Belinda mentioned earlier, you know, what, what advice would you give to a startup? I mean, that's where startups often want to know the answer to. How do I raise money? How do I talk to a, a VC fund? How do I talk to an angel investor? Um, and those are the sort of areas where where younger businesses that are starting out do need do need help. Um, so, but it's them taking the it's them taking the risk. God bless them. And we wish them all the very best of luck. Yes, we do. Thank you so much, Ian. Um, fascinating conversation and very inspiring. And um, we really appreciate your transparency. Well, thank thank, thank you both. It's, it's a, a, a pleasure, great pleasure to talk. And yeah, as you said, good luck to anybody who's. Who's doing this? And you know, you make your own luck in a little bit of a way. So, so get going. Brilliant. Thanks, Ian. Thank you. Bye now.